Welcome to a very special edition of the Odds Checker podcast. We are previewing the upcoming Ashes Test Series in Australia. I'm George Ellick, your host, and I'm joined by three expert guests to lead you through the upcoming series. From the Times, we have Lizzie Ammon. Great to have you here, Lizzie. Thank you. And from Ladbrokes, the cricket trader, Andrew Harriet. Great to have you here, Andrew. Nice to be here. And betting.betfair, the cricket tipster, cricket betting on Twitter, Ed Hawkins. Good to have you with us as well. Thanks, George. So we're going to get straight to it. And it's been a, an Ashes series where we've seen a lot of build-up, a lot of stuff in the press maybe that isn't necessarily to do with cricket, a lot of comment on the England team in particular. Lizzie, going to come to you first. And without going kind of deep into what happened uh, to Ben Stokes, without you know, going deep into the, the selection process, in what kind of a state do you see this England testing that's had such success recently being in? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, they had a mixed summer. Uh, I think a lot of questions that were uh, starting at the, at the beginning of the summer they still, still weren't answered by the end of the summer. Um, so uh, not an ideal build-up uh, with, this, with the, uh, the Stokes incident that rumbles on, um, as well as not having a nailed-down uh, top order, um, means that it's far from ideal preparation. Um, and the one series that you really do want to have ideal preparation for is the Ashes series, because if wheels come off, they tend to come off fairly spectacularly on these ones. Absolutely. And, I mean, do you think that this is the end, in terms of Stokes himself, do you think we're going to see him in Australia at all, or do you think this oh, is... Well, that's the million-dollar question that every journalist would want to know. So much depends on what happens uh, with the police investigation. I think if he's not charged by the police uh, in the coming... A uh, few days or weeks, um, uh, we may well see him on a plane, and we might see him out there by Perth. If he is charged, I think it's highly unlikely. And Perth would be uh, exciting, although it could well be too late. You wonder, but uh, well, two 0 <laughs> down by Perth, and you, you never know. He uh, might come back and save it. I think we'll come on to Perth a bit later on when we're looking at places where England struggles slightly. Looking at it from a trading ang- uh, angle, Andrew, the loss of someone like Stokes, how does that affect how you're how you're looking at pricing up the teams? Um, well, obviously, it's a huge loss for England. Uh, Stokes doesn't play any part in the series. Um, I mean, going into at the end of the summer, I, I'd had Australia strong favourites with home advantage anyway, so it's only sort of adding to their uh, advantage without England's premier all-rounder going to be there. But, you know, it's an uh, opportunity for the likes of uh, Murray Nally to move up one in the order and Bearstow. So, you know, all's not lost, but uh, having a pace bowling all-rounder in Australia... You know, it's, it's kind of what you, what, you, what you really need. So it's a big loss for England. And, and if you were, say, pricing up the Perth tests and the news emerged that Stokes was going to be flying out there to play, would, you, would that affect the way you price it up? Would it, would, Absolutely, would England yeah. I mean, it would be a huge uh, boost for England. Um, you know, you might be, you know, he's a, maybe a 5% kind of player. So uh, both with bat and ball, you know, he's contributing. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, in England would shorten in price without without doubt, and uh, I'm sure the punters would uh, want to get stuck in as well <laughs> if he, if he does suddenly turn up in the middle of the series. And as you mentioned, um, Stokes's current unavailability for the squad has, has led to some reprieves for some other players. Um, looking at the, at the players who've come in uh, to the squads, you know, the likes of Vince and Balance, who, who've struggled in the past. Do we think there's any any hope for them to? You know, to, to, to state their claim to being the regular or, or are they still sitting ducks? Well, Vince needs to get past 35. <laughs> um, he, looks, he, looks, he looks the real deal until he gets to about that point. Then, then he gets out. 
uh, and that's been his story of the tour so far. Um, but it is good to see Mark Stoneman get bedded in. You know, England needed a rock. They have a stone man. So <laughs> they'll, they'll be absolutely delighted that he has stuck his hand up. Um, and David Milan as well has, has um, got crease time. And for someone who I would criticise as a 2020 player, and I thought it was a bonkers selection to bring him to test cricket, his, his strike rate, about 30, 40, 50, that's what we want to see. We want to see you know, somebody boring the pants off people in that middle order, just um, softening the ball, tiring out the bowlers. So those are really two good positives for England. But Vince, Vince, I'm not convinced about. Balance, I don't think, is a great pick. But you know, they're never going to have um, you know, 11 strong choices considering the, the toing and throwing they've had over the last few years in, in that tall border. So. so it seems like some positivity here for England. Uh, if you look at the market itself, that may not be the case. If you look in the series winner market, we have Australia at 4-7 to seven, uh, standout with Skybet. England 7-2 with Unibet and the draw at about 8-1. to one. This Australia team, Lizzie, it's, it's a bit of a strange one because here we kind of assume that we're going to be in trouble. And yet for the average cricket fan, you look down, you, you see Smith, you see uh, Stark and you see Warner. And then the rest of it, you're looking thinking, who are these guys? Um, who, what can we expect to see from, from the people that English cricket fans may not have seen much of before in the well, Australian ranks? Uh, they've got their own issues, Australia. Uh, 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 their key to their success is going to be keeping those three quicks fit for the for the entire series there's not a great deal Hazelwood Cummins and, and, and Stark. Stark there's not a great deal behind them because Colton Isles got injured Bahad, um, is, is injured as well and they've got Jackson Bird who, who could come in but beyond that there's not a great deal with the bowling stocks um, obviously Smith is world class obviously Warner can be destructive what they don't have which they had uh, uh, last time but they haven't got a had in who can just destroy you know dog Middle lower middle order is destruction, yeah. Um, which is actually what England do have. It's dodgy until you get to six, and then it's <laughs> all right. Um, uh, so yeah, kind of slightly reversed. I think this is going to be a weird series. I think it might be really low scoring, and I think it might not go to five days very often, and it may not be an all time classic. Uh, you'd be, I mean, test matches these days don't often don't go to, to five days. And doesn't mean no, they're but not. they're good pitches in Australia, aren't they? So yeah. they they should be high scoring. They should, if you've got calibre batsmen, be high scoring affairs. I'm just not sure that either side have. So you know, maybe you don't need to book days off work for day five. <laughs> well, I'm going out there, and I've already uh, chosen, decided I'm not going to be going to fight to the fifth day on either in Melbourne or Sydney because I'm planning on being on the beach. Um, Ed, coming to you now from a kind of a tipping point of view, and I suppose you have to weigh up where this Australia team kind of stands alongside the Australia teams in the past. And is, is the answer fairly obvious? Yeah, because um, it looks a, it looks an average team. Um, you know, when, Aus- when England go to Australia it, um, and you've got players injuring themselves basically before they get off the plane... It's, uh, it's, go- it's a bit like going in a time warp, isn't it? Back to the 90s. It <laughs> reminds me of my youth. And it, it makes you quite wistful because um, half the squad would be injured um, as soon as they got there. Um, and those Australia teams were pretty ruthless. But as Lizzie said, that this, this 11 they're going to put out is, is not convincing in, in, in any way. Um, they, don't, they haven't known who their wicketkeeper was going to be. They didn't know who their number six was going to be. So they've gone to Tim Payne. They've gone to Sean Marsh. 
Lizzie has a great stat on, on Tim Payne about when the last time he scored a century, first-class well, century. First-class century in Sheffield Shield cricket was in 2006, which is the year before the last time Darren Lehman scored a Sheffield Shield century. Uh, and so it's absolutely unbelievable. 11 years. Um, it, it's a staggering pick. Lovely man as Tim Payne is. He's a really <laughs> lovely man. Very un-Aussie. Yeah. But um, it's a staggering pick. Yeah, I mean, that's caused all the headlines today. I mean, have we seen a shift in the markets, Andrew, since since the Australian team news came out? Um, not yet. I mean, uh, Australia were kind of shortening over the last few days. Um, we, you know, uh, at Labricks, we were kind of ducking Australia for the series for the last sort of three months. But it's kind of getting to the point now where uh, we're two to five for Australia for the series. And we'd be happy to take some money at, at that kind of price because with so many question marks uh, in their side... You know, it's you know, it's it's a hard one to call at this point. And I think we we can take this opportunity as well. Labricks have very kindly come up with a special off- offer for listeners of the Ozchecker podcast. So Andrew, you can tell us about that quickly now as we're talking about your position. You know, very kind of you to invite me on today. So I thought we'd do a, a nice Ozchecker Ashes podcast special, and that would be uh, Joe Root to score at least one century in the series, and England to retain the Ashes. Uh, that was sort of three to one. We're going to boost that to a very generous four to one. Seems generous to me because I'm pretty sure if England are going to win the Ashes, Rooty's going to have to get some runs. Um, staying with you, Andrew, it's an interesting one, uh, kind of home and away advantage. It's something we've spoken about on this podcast a lot in terms of the Champions League and football, how you quantify being away from home, how you quantify home advantage. England's form in Australia, if you take out the successful series two series ago, uh, they've lost six of the other, of the other seven of those 30 tests, they've won just three. I mean, how, how do you even begin to explain that and to put that into maths and into, into, into pricing, basically? Well, home advantage uh, has always been, obviously, a very strong factor in test cricket over the years. But over the last two or three years, it's become even more pronounced. Uh, you know, the sides in Asia are, are producing very spin-friendly pitches now. Uh, home sides don't sort of seem to have any... Uh, you know, they, they will... Sp- prepare pitches to suit their, their home, you know, their, their team. So um, I would expect Australia to be producing fast, bouncy wickets. Um, if that's easier said than done, you, always, you, know, you hope to see some fast, bouncy wickets in Australia because you don't see them elsewhere. Um, if they do, I'd, I'd imagine England will really struggle. Um, so when, when you're kind of uh, compiling the odds, I'd say home advantage is, uh, you know, if, if you had two evenly matched sides, you know, you maybe be talking about home advantage would be worth about 15 to 20%. And, um, and Lizzie, talking of our, of our history, if you think of the Ashes series of the 90s, you think we've come on a long way since then, but actually if you drill deeper into it, that successful England series has been flanked by two whitewashes. What, what have they got to do? I mean, what, what's the plan here to improve that form? Well, if you look at the, the winning uh, side, they had a very specific tactic, England, which was about bowling dry, essentially boring the Aussies uh, into submission. And, and players like Warner, they will fall for that. He will fall for that. Mm. I mean, he will, you know, you play out three or four maidens and suddenly he will chip one up <laughs> um, because that's the sort of player he is. It seems very much from what Shane Bond, the bowling coach, has been talking about uh, in press conferences out there, that they're looking at doing that again with a, a sort of brief burst of attack and then going into a defensive. Now, that may be... It's quite dull. It's not going to keep us awake. <laughs> but um, it may be that, that that's a pretty smart tactic, um, given that England don't have the fire... They just don't have the firepower. 
uh, I guess Wokes is probably the quickest of the bowlers. Yeah. It will hit 88, 90 occasionally, but no, you know, not all the time. Uh, Jimmy's, I mean, he's moving towards military medium. Isn't he? like, <laughs> he's the greatest England bowler, but, you know, he's by no means expressed. Broad is having a slightly worrying time in the warm-up. Um, uh, and Overton can do the line and length if he needs to, uh, that, that, that will do that. So that may be the tactic that England have to do, which they haven't done in previous series when they've been whitewashed. They've tended to crumble. You know, Australia go and go on the attack. Those great Australian sides, they're like, you know, 600, whatever they are, um, and, and you just no reply. That may be... I, I'm talking like it's a kind of... <laughs> we're clutching at straws here, aren't oh, really? we? Yeah, yeah. But, and, and it's interesting you say but kind of boring them into submission or boring them into submission because... There's been a movement today in the first test market where there's been a lot of money for the draw, the draw in from about fours into seven and two and 100 to 30. Uh, do you think this, what do you think the reason behind that shift is, Ed? Do you think there, there is a chance that England's tactic will be just to, to kind of stay in the test as long as possible? Yeah, it could be that. I mean, you look at the venues, and we may talk about these in more in depth later, but Brisbane might well be the most likely for a draw um, because it's, what, it's one of the better batting wickets. We normally it's, you'd say that about Adelaide, but Adelaide's a day-night test, so that throws that completely up in the air. And Perth is just um, has been a venue where England are consistently raised throughout history. They're absolutely terrible in Perth, so maybe that's the reason for it. That people that people are thinking Brisbane's the most likely um, stalemate. But I'd be surprised if um, we're going to get a draw in this series um, because of the two batting lineups aren't particularly um, impressive. Um, you've got you've got a couple of decent players at the top of the order in in Warner and Smith and and Root and probably Cook who are going to stick around, but the rest have, haven't really got much form or history behind them at this level. So, so no draw, so not to be a draw in the series is twenty three to twenty uh, with okay. Unibet. Um, so maybe maybe a bit of value there. Um, yeah, I mean before we go into nitty gritty. Of the uh, the betting stuff and, and looking at the different markets and looking at who we expect to perform well, um, just a word on on, on the pre on the, the warm up games. We've already touched on the fact that Stoneman, who made three consecutive fifties and, and now a, now a century, Chris Wokes getting six wickets uh, yesterday. Um, other players staking a claim. Overton bowling quite well. Do we do we see this as being important? Is this is Lizzie is this form transferable into into the Ashes or is it kind of like friendlies in football? Well, they're all a bit weird, aren't they? Warm. I don't know how much you you. you you don't have to win them, but you definitely can't lose them yeah. um, uh, warm-up matches. But, um, I mean, the, this opposition in Townsville are really very, very weak. Um, so it's a bit of a cash-in for the for the batters, but it's not going to be in any way, you know, translatable to what happens at, at the Gab. Uh, um, it's, I guess it's just nice to have some time in the middle for them. Um, uh, I don't really know what it's told us apart from that, other than it seems that England are pretty sure on what they're starting at 11. Yeah. So I guess... In that sense, it's given them, uh, uh, you know, what what we have had is Johnny Bairstow with a bruised finger. We've had Moen Ali with a side screw. We've had Jake Ball with a <laughs> strained ankle. So, you know, there's an argument to be said. Perhaps you shouldn't play them. And we've already mentioned um, that we think, you know, whether or not Stokes will end up in the squad, we don't know. Do you think that there's a chance that Mark Wood might end up in the squad if he proves his fitness for the Lions? Well, it's interesting because uh, George Garton was called up for this warm-up match ahead of... Um, uh, Mark Wood um, and uh, ahead of there's someone else in the Lions who uh, they don't oh Tom Helm from mm. Middlesex 
who uh, is a, a very decent bowler, but he's just coming back from a hamstring I injury. He was out with the Lions as well. I mean, the, the, one of the good things they have got, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure by Sydney we may have an entirely different eleven to the one that <laughs> started the series, um, uh, is that the, the Lions are out there, and there's some talent in the Lions. There's Mark Wood, there's Tom Helm, there's George Garden, the left armour, who's, who's quick but very raw. There's some batting talent there, Keaton Jennings, Tom Wesley. They're all there as sort of cover. Um, so I guess that's, that's good in a sense, but um, I, I don't think we will see Mark Wood. Um, at, well, certainly not until... Melbourne or Sydney, if we see him at all, probably and that'll probably be too late if he does get there. You'd have thought yeah. there'd be a reason why he's coming. He may end up being a sort of Scott Borthwick <laughs> brought in because he happens <laughs> to be in the right place type pick. And uh, and Andrew, I mean, again, kind of the same question, I guess. These these preview get these uh, um, early games, warm up games. Do, do you take much notice of them, really? Um, I don't think, from a kind of series betting uh, sort of perspective, not you wouldn't you know England winning these games wouldn't have any effect. Uh, more from the, the sort of the other markets, you know, who's going to actually play. And as Lizzie said, you, you've got a pretty firm idea now who England are going to be starting with. So obviously Overton comes into the top uh, top bowler markets, and uh, Stoneman's form is probably worth you know a little bit of a move for the for the top England batsmen. So from that perspective, you're definitely keeping a close eye. But I think from you know we won't know how these teams are going to kind of match up until they actually get on the park in Brisbane. Ed's coming to you now for the million dollar question. What What is the bet in the, in the Ashes series market? As, as I said, Australia best price four to seven, England best price seven to two, the draw eight to one. Where do, is there value there and what do we think it is? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can make myself bet England. You have to be a good team to win in Australia. Yeah. Um, you have to be settled um, and England are not that. Um, and you know the weight of history is, is is hugely against them, and and recent history with um, the home advantage in in international cricket, which is which is considerable, and it makes it makes it makes it a tough job for a tipster to yeah to find the value is to find a value on a, on the weighting. But I'm I'm I would be moving towards correct score. I was about to say, yeah. and and that but that will be my thoughts are changing constantly on that because the, the team that Australia have picked well I'm now thinking is it 3-2 your best bet um, I, I would certainly not be going I'd been going 5-0 if they'd been more sort of circumspect and sensible with their selection because um, I think England I think England will win a test match I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll win a test um, Adelaide could well be a toss game this could be 50-50 um, Melbourne is a, is, a, is a great venue for them they won 4 from 9 their last 9 there it's quite English in conditions, um, so maybe something like three two is is tickling my fancy at the moment. I mean, so to give the prices, uh, three one is the favourite, six to one best price with Sunbets, four one Australia, seven to one with Sunbets, draw two all eight to one William Hill, Australia three two Ed's the one you're leaning to, seventeen to two is Skybet, uh, the old whitewash is nine to one with one eight eight and Marathon happened twice of the last three. Um, Momentum is something that's been so crucial in these series in the past, Lizzie. If you look at both the five nils, the wheels fall off when you're three nil down. Many series as well in the in the 90s that England played, where you know the wheels fell off when you when you're losing. How important is it for England to ensure that they get a, get a foothold in the series in the first couple of tests before Perth? Yeah, I, I, I think one of the really important things, and, and Graham Sean was saying this the other day, is actually if you can silence the Aussie crowd pretty early on in the series, and they are the sort of crowds that turn quite easily. Um, uh, that really that really helps, and we saw that in that winning side, Strauss's winning 
side that they um, they really managed to get the get the crowds to sort of turn on their own players. Um, uh, and there is uh, definitely momentum needed going from Brisbane into Adelaide, but then there's a bit of a gap, isn't there, between Perth? And I think that sometimes just messes things up. Um, the the first day at the Gabba, I think, will be we will have a really clear view. Win toss and bowl, isn't quite, it? Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, if, if Australia this is going, if Australia win the toss and bat, I mean, England, England, going to just to me, their heads are going to drop. They're going to think, oh, here we go again, and they could be, and they could be on the receiving end. So, so long um, as we don't have a army, then that yeah, <laughs> yeah, because um, it's such a it's such a bear pit there, mm. and yeah, if they rack up four hundred, which they tend to almost always do in in Brisbane, I know England did pretty well, but I think they kept them to two nine five the last time um, they were there, um, but it, it's it, it begins to look a long tour once Australia have won that toss and there, you know, hundred odd for none at lunch or something. Yeah, I mean. As we said, momentum is so important. Australia are four to five with uh, Skybet to win the uh, best price to win that test. England three to one um, with uh, Betfred and uh, the draw seven to two. Do you think that's fair? I mean, I presumably you do because your your prices are pretty pretty aligned with them. Uh, yeah, I think I think that looks uh, it looks about right. Um, I mean, Australia's record in Brisbane is unbelievable. Um, so I mean, even when we won in 2010-11. You know, we were under the cosh uh, and then obviously turned it around with a monumental stand in the second innings to get the draw. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think England are hard pushed to win in Brisbane. Heard it there. England hard pushed to win in Brisbane. Negativity finally. I was, I was expecting it to happen at some point. I thought we were all being too positive. Um, we're now going to look into the player markets and this is where it really gets interesting, I think, in, uh, in terms of cricket betting, in terms of delving deeper basically to work out which which players are going to perform well and which players aren't and Lizzie I was surprised I don't know if you've looked at the market but I was surprised that if you look at the top Australia batsmen in the series you've got Smith and Warner um, joint favourites for that both at about 7 or 4 there's 15 to 8 around on both of them Steve Smith isn't a player that he, he was you know 18 months two years ago is he and I would have thought that Warner would be more likely to outscore him yeah I mean the, the thing with Warner of course is that he does he does stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, he, he's a fantastic batsman to watch, but he does have brain fades. Whereas Steve Smith doesn't. He's in, you know, incredibly patient and, and can go up and down the gears, which Warner doesn't tend to. Um, uh, so I think that's probably right, that actually you've got two different types of players, yeah. both of whom could come off. Yeah, exactly. And then if you're looking down further down, Kawaja is next at 5-1 generally, uh, with Labrooks, best price. Renshaw, best price Labrooks as well, 8-1. Um, Renshaw might not even get on the park, so that's yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, lay, lay of the day. I think that's yeah. the first hit. Um, and then Cameron Bancroft, who of course was the surprise inclusion, um, he has been cut in most places, as you'd expect, as short as six to one now at bet three six five, uh, ten to one with the uni bets. Where, where do we see any possible value lying? Um, I've already had my Warner tip struck down by Lizzie, so I'm hoping we can, we can find another one. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I've got Warner's slight favourite over um, Steve Smith for the series. Um, but past those two, uh, Kawaja's record in Australia is, is very, very good, uh, less so away from home. But uh, I'm happy to sort of take him on. We're best price at fives. Um, he's, you know, he's got to do it in an, in, you know, on the, under the microscope of the ashes. So until he does, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to sort of lay those odds. Um, I don't know. I mean, Hanscom, you know, batting at five could 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 do well. I'm 
you know, if Sean Marsh at six, uh, if there is a bit in these pitches, you know, you might not want to be batting in the uh, the top three. So, I've I've always been quite a fan of Sean Marsh. I think he's very classy. But uh, what you've got to bear in mind, he's very likely to pull a hamstring uh, <laughs> <laughs> early on in in the series. So, um, I yeah, I, I couldn't look too far past the. Uh, Front two. Top two. Ed, Ed, do you agree with that? Or is there anyone, anyone with a bit of value outside those two front runners? I like Smith actually. He's still a number one batsman in the world, and he has he has outscored Warner over the last twelve months and possibly the last two years as well. I'm trying to remember. I was looking at the numbers mm. the other day. So I was for himself maybe. Yeah, I was a bit surprised that he wasn't he wasn't favourite. Um, there wasn't a clear distinction between the two. Um, I agree with Andrea Lightersman. Which I think he's a decent player, but um, there's no sort of body of evidence to suggest that um, he, he's worthy of, worthy of a pick, I think, at this stage of his career. So We often see in Ashley's series, don't we, that someone totally unexpected becomes, becomes the, the player of the series yeah. or, or, or gets you know, a good couple of man of, uh, man of the matches. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that Cameron Bancroft, despite having had the most dreadful summer over here playing for Gloucestershire, um, uh, could, could surprise us all in the form he's in, having just an unbeaten double hundred in shield cricket. He may just take to it like a duck to water and, and come out. And that, it seems to me there's, there's quite a lot of value in that. Yeah, I, I think that's about right. His, his last few innings 17, 228 not out, 76 not out, 86. I mean, this is a player banging form, and, and, he's, and he's the guy who they've turned to for that first test. And you think a good score there, and he'll, and he'll be likely playing all five. Um, on to England now, and no surprise to see Joe Root, uh, seven and four best price favourite with Bet Victor, Alistair Cook at five to two. The one that, that caught my eye, and we've spoken about him a little bit already, um, Andrew is, is is Stoneman, who who is still available. Labricks is seven to one, which is basically general Bet Brightgo eight. Um, it's going to take a lot for him to get dropped. You'd have thought after what's happened, um, and if a guy is going to play every innings of every test, that that looks like a juicy price. Um, yeah, potentially. I mean, you know. Uh, one of those three batsmen, Stoneman, Vince and Milan, someone surely has got to have a decent series. Um, and, you know, going on the warm-ups, he, he'd potentially be your man. He's in the best, you know, he's, he's opening the batting, so he's got the best opportunity. But he's unproven and, you know, and Root is, you know, by far, uh, you know, there's a clear distinction, I think, between him and the rest of the batting lineup, um, which is, you know, reflected in the odds. Uh, Cook had a fantastic summer domestically. He didn't totally translate that uh, in the test matches over the summer, but you know he's done it before in Australia, so certainly wouldn't uh, rule him out. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't put you off Stoneman. I mean, you know, he's he's he's, he's in the runs. He's you know yeah, he's done very well for Durham over the last few years. So I'd love to see him, uh, you know, really. Do well. I think the um, Australian conditions actually suit Stoneman's game because he's, he's quite good at being able to get kind of onto the back foot and uh, uh, pretty powerful. Um, and being a bit older, he's quite nuggety and he's that's playing du- you know he's playing chess with his tree, isn't he? There's not <laughs> there's not a lot that phases him in terms of conditions. Um, so yeah, I think that there might be that you know maybe worth a bit on on Stoneman. A bit of juice there, and, and the other batsman you mentioned, David Malan, twelve to one across the board. Um, Vince, eleven to one with black type. I mean, these guys are going to be playing cricket. Even even Gary Balance, twenty to one best price of Paddy Power. These are guys, you know, who who have to capitalise on on Joe Root uh, 
if he doesn't score runs as as you'd hope with the special, I guess. Well, you you could be you could be on a value bet there if they start the series well and nail down their place. Because, yeah. Because you know that's kind of reflected in those odds. You know the reason Milan's twelve to one is because he's not you know at this point not guaranteed to play all five. Um, you know Stoneman, as you said before, possibly you know is guaranteed to play all five without many sort of opening alternatives. But uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's the, the the prices reflect the fact that they've yet to do it. So you know, you're taking a, a chance on potential. I'm going to do everyone a favour now, and if, if you're if you're backing the nine to one on Ben Stokes, just just don't do it. Okay, it's it's not it's not worth it. It's, he's not going to be there. I mean, if he what a dreadful price. If he, <laughs> I know it's almost. I mean, it's almost. I'm glad to say that Labrooks have taken him taken yeah, him down. Yeah. So that's good on you. Not conning people into the bet. Um, Ed, where, where any value you see there? Any juice? I I can't see past Root. Because I think this market is essentially a match bet between him and Cook. Um, we're talking about Stoneman, Milan, Vince, you know, what they could do. They're, they could have good series, but they've got what, there's no evidence for them even having a good series. Um, there's certainly not any evidence for one of those guys going big and then going big again. Yeah. And I can only see Root doing that. Um, I know I think he's been cut now to 74 he was 94 a few weeks ago so you could say the value's gone you snapped uh, all that up yeah uh, so <laughs> I, I, I think I think Root's going to win this market easily I, you know Stoneman he might average 40 might pick up a ton Milan might average about 38 and he'll do well and he'll so solidify his position that's what we're talking about with those guys we're, but that's not the bet the bet is who's going to score the most runs and it's, it's going to be it's going to be Root Pipping Cook, probably. Is that the cricket betting nap for the Ashes? I've already tipped up Root some weeks ago so um, and went into a bit of depth about why I thought, why I thought it was the best bet of the series. Um, so surely if England, win the, uh, if England win the series, he gets a ton. And therefore, surely the 4-1 to one with Labrooks, the Odds Checker podcast special, make sure you make the most of it. <laughs> moving on now, a shameless plug there, but moving on to uh, um, the Australia bowlers and... I guess no surprise to see the double hat trick hero from the other week, Mitchell, uh, Mitchell Stark. Stark is six to four best price um, to do it. But as, as you mentioned, he's not the only quick they've got. I mean, it, this, it may not be household names, but Hazelwood and Cummins will also be, be front of front end, front of the line. And I just wouldn't have any faith there. They're going to get through five <laughs> test matches. They don't have any really have any any credentials in the getting through five test matches stakes. Um, so uh, uh, Stark looks from what we've seen, to be in kind of the, the, the fittest state he's been in for, for, for a while. Um, so I, I can't really see past him, and also he's quicker and, and the left arm angle that, we don't, that England don't have. The, um, the old Mitchell Johnson angle. Yeah, uh, he, I, 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 we wake up with nightmares that him, do, of him <laughs> doing a Mitchell Johnson on England. And then I think they wake up with nightmares about some Mitchell Johnson stuff as well. Um, Labricks goes stand up 9-4 in Hazelwood, uh, and... Maybe duck and Cummins a bit. I mean, I'm interested to come to you, Andrew, to see you know why at seven or two, nine to two available, taking the view that you know to be to be a bit bigger on Hazelwood and just just to just to be short on Cummins. Yeah, well, I, I watched uh, a good deal of Australia's tour in Bangladesh, and I was uh, very impressed with Cummins. Uh, he got through the tour, bowled a lot of overs, uh, and you know that's the, the the big question with him is whether he can stay fit. But he's very quick. Um, you know, this is a big opportunity for him. I, I don't, I'm not sure if he's even played a home test. <laughs> no, I don't think he has. Um, so, you know, you know, you know, what a great opportunity for him. 
Uh, we're ducking Stark. I mean, the fact that he, uh, you know, that, that double hat trick kind of sums up why, really. The way that he runs through tail ends is, you know, is, he's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, those wickets are his, really. And it's and looking like England's tail could be... Well, England's tail is the other, it's at the other end, isn't it? Yeah. It's at the top end. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Hazelwood uh, sort of matched Stark in the top order. But, you know, Stark comes on to bowl to 9-10 Jack, I'm, I'm, you know, He's the best in the business at the moment. Would you agree with that, Ed? Do you think, think Stark's the, you know, as you said with Root, the, right, the rightful favourite, do you think Stark is, is head and shoulders above? Yeah, I think Stark's the right favourite. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be tipping up favourites. There's not much juice in there yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm low to do it, so yeah. but it's, it's, it's tricky It's tricky to see past Stark, particularly when you're not getting, a, you know, much on Hazelwood either. Um, yeah. I mean, some of the numbers I was looking at the other day, Stark has the edge in the last 12 months on strike rate. Um, and he's out in front on wickets and strike rate in terms of their careers as well, um, was when compared with Hazelwood. So uh, it's it's difficult to see past him, I'm afraid. Yeah, and, uh, yeah Andrew's right. He could come on, mop up the tail, just take take three wickets and a burst and... and he, he might not actually have to do that much to win the, to win yeah. the market. Yeah, of course. Um, um Nathan Lyon is he is he a runner in that as well? Just through the sheer amount of overs he'll bowl, or is or is it a case where he's just not the wicket taker? That's you know. Yeah, I just I don't I don't thoroughly see um, Lyon being a um, being a competitor in the market. I think I think Stark and and Hazelwood are going to be going head to head with Stark coming out on top thanks to those those death death overs. But Cummins picking up the rest. You know, it's it's, it's worth mentioning. Cummins' price could yeah. be it could be a bolter, could be an outlier for the market. If you want some value, if you yeah. want to, want to take two though, take those two boys on. Um, England's bowling attack, Lizzie. Um, we no Finn. We don't think the, well, to start with no Stokes. Um, Overton called in, Curran called in. Uh, likely that they may get some game time the way it's looking, but Anderson, Broad, and Wokes obviously the main bowlers. Is it strong enough to, to consistently get twenty wickets in Australia against Australia? No, <laughs> not consistently. Uh, uh, I think Brisbane's going to be tricky. Um, uh, the pink ball, they will absolutely have to make the most of the fact that it swings for, you know, maybe two more overs than the other one does. I mean, they're both not great, are they, in terms of being useful for Jimmy? Um, uh, but I, I think 20 wickets is going to be tough, apart from if you look at Australia's batting lineup, they're there for the taking. Um, so, it, having seen Australia's squad, it's all evened out a bit more. <laughs> um, had you asked me 24 hours ago, I'd have said, oh, I don't know, I don't think they'll take 20 wickets, maybe <laughs> more than twice. But um, now, there, there, there's some real chinks in the Aussie armour. So, um, I, I'm worried about Broad. He, doesn't, he, hasn't, he didn't have a great summer, no. English summer, and he hasn't had a great warm-up. Um, but is he undroppable? And he, and he he's you know he's done it there before I guess and that's the, the it depends what role they give him you know I, I don't I wouldn't want him to go back to that enforcer role that he didn't get right no he needs to just do what he does here what yeah. he does at Trent Bridge or what he did in that 2015 actually that's what he needs to do rather than slightly worried by what Shane Bond was saying about having long periods of kind of defensive defensive bowling and then having an enforcer come in and try and rip through them I'm not sure that, that that's necessarily the way forward and that doesn't necessarily work with Broad's mentality um, you've got 
Anders Newton fall in line and land and, and, and we'll do that till the cows come home. <laughs> and, and everyone seems to be saying this is going to be Jimmy's kind of swan song. He actually seems to be in the shape of his life. Yeah. He's really fit, mm. but fitter than I've seen him for a long time. So I think maybe we shouldn't kind of go down that road with Jimmy. He may be Let's around. not cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the market, Jimmy is his favourite. He's two to one with Skybet and, and Ball Sports. Um, interesting now market movements really with with, with Broad and uh, and Wokes where some bookies have um, have Broad shorter some bookies now have Wokes shorter so Broad best price three to one uh, as short as nine to four Labricks five to two Wokes four to one with Betbright um, but as short as eleven to four with Skybet so Skybet have Wokes ahead of Broad it's, I mean the, the concerns about Broad are, are obvious as as Lizzie said is Wokes kind of the the bright new shining light of English bowling. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm a you know I'm a fan of Wokes. I think he's a good, very good cricketer. I think we, we had to cut him to three to one uh, after he took six wickets in yeah. the warm up. We saw lots of money for him, uh, so you know we had to move the price. Um, I I I'm not sure. I wouldn't write off Stuart Broad. I, he's made for Australia. He's tall. You know, uh, he bowled well last time on a very difficult tour. Um, I think he was shaping up quite well on the tour when we won before before he got injured um, you know he doesn't play any one day cricket for England anymore I mean he, he, he'd been gearing up for this you know for a, for a good while and he loves playing Australia so I mean I, 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 if I had to you know put any money on this market I, I'd probably choose broad at the prices um, but Anderson is favourite uh, you know because over the last you know 18 months he's been in you know great form again very consistent, and he's he's you know he's looked good in the warm-ups. Um, you know I've got some player series wickets lines here. I've got sort of Anderson in for eighteen and a half, Broads in for sixteen and a half, Wokes fifteen and a half. I think for England to win the Ashes, one of those guys has basically got to take you know 22, 23 wickets. Um, Anderson sort of did that in two thousand ten, eleven. So we will see. But I, I I wouldn't write off Broad yet. I think I, I still think he'll do do quite well. And Ed, uh, any any juice at the bigger prices there? Or are we, again, are we looking at the, the the main the main attack? Yeah, I think so. And I would swerve Anderson. I wouldn't bet him with your money, George. I think you and I think you've got more than me. Um, I think Anderson's a terrible favourite. I think two to one's an awful price about a, a swing bowler in Australia. Yeah, he's fit. He's, he's a fantastic bowler, and he's particularly brilliant in England. But his record in Australia is is poor um, when you look at it. Um, and I'd like to, I'd like to get the, you know, the stats guru out to see Andrews whether you're, Andrews you're gonna, at eighteen and a half under, is worth going under on that. Mm. That's that's um, piqued my interest. So, so where do you see the value elsewhere? Well, I don't know how much you're going to need to, how many wickets you're going to need to win this one. You might yeah. not need, you might not need that many. So, so could Moeen at, at sixes come into it? He could do, and maybe Overton could come into it because. Twenty to one Overton with three six five, which yeah. is a huge price. Uh, yeah, who's who's going to be the guy who's going to do the attacking? Who's going to be the guy that's going to come and do the short, sharp burst, which Lizzie mentioned earlier? It could be, it could be him. Who's going to try and get it up round their throat and hit 88, 89? Well, you know, all the heavy ball, as they say, doesn't it? That's that, that's <laughs> that phrase that they love to they love to trot out. No one knows what that means, but except, except for Tim Breslin, I think he's the person who knows what <laughs> yeah. it means. Um, so Overton, Overton, yeah, twenty to one, yeah, I think that's a decent poke because he could be that enforcer, or it could be Wokes. So. In this day and age, it's not just the case where you can bet on, on markets, on these markets you've spoken about, but stats betting is obviously a huge thing, and Andrew just spoke about it there with the over and underlines. 
Um, for every for every uh, match, we're going to have over and under lines for test series. And for that reason, I just wanted to have a quick word on on the way we see the the series progressing. Lizzie, I mean, test match cricket is obviously you, you touched on it earlier has, has changed so much now that you see more runs and you see shorter games. But you seem to think maybe we'll see less runs and shorter games, more wickets and get quicker wickets. Having looked at the two batting lineups, I don't think we're going to see great whacking scores and sides batting for two, almost two days. Uh, I just don't see that how that's how it's going to go um, this series. Um, uh, yeah, low, lower scoring than perhaps it should be on good pitches in good <laughs> conditions. Do we agree with that? I mean, there's four to one around on on there being a test match uh, with no century being scored in it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think we might see some very low scoring games. There's one uh, uh, interview that piqued my interest actually. Uh, James Sutherland was talking about the future of test cricket, and uh, in that interview, he sort of said it's maybe time for test cricket to distinguish itself from white ball cricket and have, you know, when, when we play test cricket, the ball should be dominant over the bat rather than the other way around. Uh, so if they kind of take that <laughs> to the letter uh, during this series, we might be in for some low scores, uh, which as a bookie is always a good thing. Well, that's the interesting thing about sort of how the, the series is set up. I know they always play them in the same order, um, but Adelaide second test gives England a fantastic chance. It's their best chance. If they didn't win in Adelaide, they're in, they're in dire trouble because of the day-night match. Um, the recent Sheffield Shield match, um, no team scored over more than 250 in the four innings. So that is the venue where no test century is going to be scored. Yeah. So that, that's, that's a nice price. Nice price. To um, that, that, would, um, that might be one of the top bets of our, our chat, actually. That's... That looks that looks a good one. Forty-one with Paddy Power. That is, yeah. it'll probably be gone by the time you listen to this. So act fast. Go to the odds checker site. Um, just before we close, we've spoken about about how the different venues will change, and just you know, England's record at Perth is something just to touch on quickly. Um, it is so horrific. It is so terrible. Do I mean do we chalk it up? I, mean, I think the the smallest margin we, we've we've lost by is about one hundred and fifty runs. Yeah, and they've they've only they've only scored more than three three fifty once since nineteen eighty six, and that was in the fourth innings the last time they were there when they were set eight hundred nine hundred whatever. So <laughs> when it was totally irrelevant. So is, is the score already Australia one England nil and it's a four and it's a four four test series? Well, England are going to lose in Brisbane. Don't know what will happen in Adelaide. They'll they'll lose in Perth. Um, so two 0 they could they, they could they could certainly be. I think it'll be two one going into Melbourne, uh, and then I That's think good. Australia will win Melbourne, and then England will win a silly dead rubber with a totally different eleven to make it three two. Well, I managed to fly to Brazil for the World Cup the day after we lost to Uruguay, so I'm hoping I'm not flying to Melbourne with us three 0 down as well. <laughs> well um, I've got a nice price for you actually on that sort of thing. Australia to regain the Ashes by Christmas Day, we're seven to two. That is, I mean, it's, it's a would be an emotional hedge for me, I guess, wouldn't it? Which is probably <laughs> probably quite a smart one. Um, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, as I expected, I feel far far better prepared going into this Ashes series, having spent an hour in your company. Um, thanks very much, Ed Hawkins. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter or at, at Cricket Betting to get George. all those tips straight to you. Um, Andrew Harriet, thank you very much for joining us from Labrooks. Ensure that you um, get the, uh, the the offer, the exclusive offer, just for you if you're listening to this. Um, on site, four to one route to score a century and England to, to win the Ashes. And Lizzie Ammon, thank you very, very much as well. We'll be up to date with all your stuff coming out of uh, out of the Ashes series today. I think the key messages were 
get behind Joe Root to be England's uh, top bat and don't expect too many runs. Thank you very much for listening. 